Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff, David Judge. And here we are at Season 2, Episode 2 of the Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry to find out where these influencers see current and future trends and what you can do about it to grow and support your business. Now, today... Eva and Damien are interviewing Sardna Smiles, who is the CEO of property management Harcourts International. Now, Sardna discusses the concern of property managers losing their job as the industry changes, why service is not just about the number of things you do for a client, and more about the stickiness of the service you provide, how technologies like Google will impact a real estate agency in the future, why your property management business is an asset, and how you should treat that asset, and really so much more. This, this is like a really, really good interview. I was really um, impressed with, with Eva and Damien, and they really did a great job in the interview. And you know, Sardner is a seasoned interviewee that has real world suggestions and advice on the industry. So it's a great interview. So I'm gonna stop talking, let's get into it and roll it. Hi, my name is Eva Judge and welcome to the Hot Seat Season 2. With me I have- Damien. Damien Burnett, yes, and- Sardner Smiles. Sardner Smiles. Now, welcome Sardner. Sardner. Welcome Sardner. Thank now. you for having me. Yes, now Sadna is a special guest today and um, let's drill her and find out how Sadna became... Under the spotlight. Under yeah. the spotlight. So yeah. I, I, suppose, I suppose, coming from the industry, tell us, tell us about yourself. How did, you know, how did you get to where you are now? What, you know, tell us how your, your journey, I suppose, oh, in the real estate well, world. Do you have like a whole day for me to tell you about this? I'll probably, short version. Okay, the boring short version. No, no, the um, exciting short I version. I took a job as a receptionist in real estate because at the time it was the most exciting job that was available and they employed me. I made a terrible receptionist. I lasted <laughs> at the front desk for about, I don't know, two weeks and my director at the time came down and said to me, we need to move you on. And I thought, oh God, they're gonna fire me, but they didn't, they moved me into admin. And look, long story short, I basically worked my way through the industry, the various roles, uh, left the industry for a while, and that's when I worked in software sales and um, sold software to real estate agents, yeah. and um, then came back into the industry. I think it's one of those industries, once it's in your blood, it always stays in your blood. Uh, came back into the industry and um, basically worked my way up the ladder. You know, I, I had some great mentors. But did you, did you start in property management or sales? Uh, no, it started through property management. Okay. Yeah, awesome. so I came through property and worked with some great uh, leaders in property management who, and you know, I did property management days where you didn't have technology and we used to take cash over the counter and go to the bank two or three times a day <laughs> and, and put carbon copy, Kalamazoo <laughs> systems, you know, collect the money and put them into little envelopes and put them through the banks you know, hole in the bank yeah. on the weekend and all that sort of stuff. So I learned long, hard way on, on how to how to run a good property management business and really things haven't changed that much. Technology has. Probably at a time too, though, when property management wasn't the business that it is nowadays. Now, no, now, it's not. It was, it, it was the, oh, we've got to manage a few properties on the side. Yeah, and, and look, but to be fair, though, they, you know, if you looked at the industry overall and said, you know, 20 years ago, did business owners pay a lot of attention to property management? No. 20 years down the track, do they pay a lot of attention to property management? Perhaps not as much as they should either. So I don't know how much has changed. I think a little bit has changed in that space, but there's a hell of a lot more to go. Yeah. And people start paying attention when they come to sell their business and they realise that this is their asset and they've ignored it for the last X number of years and, oh my goodness, that's what my business is. Oh, my business is going to be valued on something that I've paid no attention to. What do I do? Yeah, and how's it going to be valued? Which and I think, which is another story, which yes. I think is going to yeah, change can, over yeah. the next yeah. 
period of time also. Mm. Well, it has different. to. It has to change. I mean, we're one of the few industries where the value of the business is worked out in the revenue line, and that's just crazy. Not, not many other industries have that advantage. So it will move from revenue line to profitability. And, but that'll be the profitability of the entire business. And that's where I think, you know, we'll see a significant shift in, and change in terms of how business owners currently look at their property management businesses. So if you're selling your business in the next two or three years, is that going to impact you? Probably not. But if you're looking at selling your business in the next 5, 10, 15 years, then my advice to anyone listening to this is start making the changes now. Don't wait till it comes and arrives at your doorstep. Start making the changes now. So... I mean, that's obviously one of the bigger challenges to see. What other challenges do you see in the industry in general, in the property management side of things, obviously? I love this question because, you know, yeah. for years and years and years, myself and my counterparts have listened to all these salespeople carrying about how there's going to be disruption, yes. want of a better word, um, in this industry. And the reality is property management is the one that's being disrupted the most. Yes. And, and there's a whole range of things happening. You is know, it because it's, it's so administration heavy? Or? Well, it is. It's so admin heavy and it's the one place where we can actually significantly make um, changes and, sa- and savings and, yes. and really turn the client experience because we have long-term relationships, right? Yes, so it's not a once-of-sale. It's exactly not a right. once-of-thing and that's where in a long-term relationship you can actually change how you interact with that person. So what we're seeing now in the marketplace is, and this is where your business is involved, you know, outsourcing is a massive change that's hit us. And I remember at a Harcourts conference a few years ago, in fact, five or six years ago, we had someone who talked about outsourcing and, you know, the poor guy Ooh. was nearly, yeah, he was, he was nearly <laughs> shouting off the, the stage. Room, right? <laughs> I was like sitting there going, oh my God, they're going to murder him when he comes <laughs> off the stage, you know. But now there is a lot more acceptance, yes. there's a lot more inquiries, it's, people are more inquisitive about how that is going to work in their business. Yes. And, you know, I hate for people to think that it's all about saving money because it's not. It's more about how do you restructure your businesses so the people that you have onshore have better jobs. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. and, and that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like, I look at businesses... Uh, as you know, going to a lot of them and talking to them and sitting with the with the staff um, and the property managers and they're worried about losing their job. Yeah. Your job's not going to change. Yeah. So well, your job is is going to change, but, but it'll, the, it'll be better. For the better. For, for like, and, and for me, it's so exciting mm-hmm. to actually watch the 12-month, two-year journey of mm-hmm. a property management side of the business and as they as they... Yeah, you, it's almost benchmarks you yeah. hit as, you know, three months, six but months. But you've got to do it correctly, right? Yeah, like take we, your time. And we started outsourcing 18 months with you guys, 18 months ago with you guys, and we made all the mistakes where, you know, we put it in, we didn't do the cultural change, we didn't do the system changeover, we didn't teach the staff how to interact with someone who's sitting offshore, we didn't look at all the processes properly, and it was hard. But we learned some good lessons through that. <laughs> It is. It, it has, has been has been a cha- uh, challenging environment, um, but I suppose they're going to nowadays. There's so much change, and it, it, every industry is getting impacted. Not just real estate and property management, but across, across the board, the rate of change has increased. Um, how can you differentiate? How do you think someone could differentiate themselves nowadays? Mm-hmm. Uh, in you know, Harcourt's office one and two. How how are they going to stand out from yeah. Harcourt's three and four? I'm a big believer that the, the, the big difference for us is the level of service that you provide. And and it's not about, you know, I do 10 things for my owners or I do 10 things for my tenants and I have a smile on my face when I pick up the phone. It, it's service in a holistic way. So I look at this and I go, 
Yes, there's a service element in terms of what's the experience that people have when they interact with your brand or when they interact with your offers. But even more than that is what's the stickiness that you're providing? So what more are you giving your clients other than the property management services to stay with you? And research shows us that if you give them more than one reason to use your products or you give them a range of products to use with your business, they're more likely to stay with you long term. So businesses in our industry, particularly in property management, we've got to shift our thinking and look at our business being more than just property management. So what's an example of that would you suggest? So I'll tell you some of the things that we're doing in my business now. So we've looked at doing um, removalists. So we have this lovely little brochure that all of my guys use on a weekend at Open for Inspections because the reality is I might have 20 people through a property but only one person is going to get them, get it. 19 others are still looking and are going to move, right? That's right. So we offer moving services at a discounted rate if they book through us. We offer cleaning services at a discounted rate if they book through us. We offer tenant insurance at a, at a rate if they take their insurance through us. So it's about looking at all the adjacencies and it's not about the door or the property because that's a physical element yes. and yep. it's never going to change. It's about the people you interact with and all the changes that they're going through in their lives, the choices and decisions they're making in their lives that relate back to where they live and how they live and the lifestyle they have. But, but moving is it's such a painful experience mm. for so many people and I, I guess offering that extra bit of customer service mm. One benefits the business. Well, it's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. I mean, yeah. in my mind, in in my mind, I would love to use someone in your team to actually ring up the hundred people we saw this weekend to yep. say, "Hey, would love to offer you moving service." But that's where oh, I that's... see my business going to is to be able to provide that um, that stickiness because they can yes. then say, "We go to X, Y, and Z, but we don't have the same experience with this business." Yes. Yep. Or as this business, sorry. So what advice would you give to a young lady starting out in property management or starting their real estate journey? And I won't say your younger self, but what advice would you give a young person that's looking at real estate as a career, because it is a real awesome career now, um, what advice would you give them? Can I, can I just expand on that as well? Not just what advice getting into the industry, but also why would they look at the coming into the industry to become a property manager, what would attract them as well? Yeah, and that's a great question, Eva, because we've always had the issue of, of getting um, attracting good talent in yes. our industry, right? And and, and retaining. retaining them. Yes. Okay. And a lot of us lose good people on the way. And and we really do need to look at the professional standards that we have and that comes around to how quickly you can get your licence. You know, I, I met someone the other day in Victoria who got their licence after a week and a half, and that's ridiculous. That is wrong and it should not happen. So when we devalue the education standards that we have for people to provide service on one of the most important parts of your life as the client... Yeah. We've got an issue, right? So yes. we've got to look at the professional standards that we have. Um, how easy is it for someone to become a real estate agent? The training that we give, you know, it is rare to find organisations that provide leadership training. It is yep. rare to find organisations that do business training. So do you understand yes. a P&L? Do you actually understand how you can grow your business? So there's a, there's a, and I could go on and on and on, we haven't got time, but there's a huge range of things that we need to look at as an industry on that front end. 
um, and say, you know, how do we become more professional to become more attracted to the right person? So someone leaving school can say, I've got a three-year journey to become a, a really good agent with the ultimate goal of opening my own office. But I am not going to be the salesperson who then thinks I am sick and tired of sharing 40% of my revenue with someone, oh, I know, I'll go and open up an office. So we've got to get out of that mindset a little bit. Yes. Um, and the second thing is, you know, around the advice to someone who is in that position right now is look at the traditional model of property management and then turn it upside down. So what do you mean? Well, look at other industries, look at other service industries. And, and people I look at a lot are airlines, right? Yes. Uh, hotels, yep. restaurants. So people who are on the front line delivering service and go to the best, go to the top in their field, look at what they're doing and then assess it and go, how do I bring that into my industry? How do I make that into a real estate? Um, understand the client's journey. So we've done a lot of work at Harcourts around mapping out the client's journey. So understand the tenant's journey, the landlord's journey, and at what points in that journey can you deliver that experience that's going to make them go, wow. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. You know, but, but I can tell you right now, if we had a conference and we said this session is about customer experience or customer service, a lot of people would go, I know how to do that. I'm okay on that. I've I'm done it for the last go. 20 years. I'm great. Yeah. I'm okay. I don't, yeah. I don't really need to go. Yeah. And I think the change is so massive at the moment, whether it's – and everyone always – when they talk about change and disruption, everyone always looks at technology. But people don't realise that there is such a massive change in customer expectation as well. Yeah. And, and that, I think – Well, I think that one yeah. of the issues we have in our industries and, – and you're right, technology is just the enabler, right? That's all exactly. it is, it's the enabler. But – the levels of expectations that are being put on our people today, and let's just focus on property management. So the expectations of owners and tenants around what they want from us in terms of service is being driven by what they experience elsewhere. That's exactly yeah. right. And I think, Damien, you've spoken about that a few times yeah. in the past. Like when you used to be a property manager a few years ago, yeah. um, it was a nine-to-five job. More, more, I mean, more, more, more so less. now, but Google's actually, Google, I think I blame Google. But as soon as your expectations, you can find an answer to a question yeah. and and ranked in a split second. Well, there's there going to are... come a time where I'm going to say, Google Home, tell me who the best property manager is in my area. Yeah. And, and Google Home reviews. will say, I'm going to go on the reviews, have a look, and, oh, it's Southern Smiles. Yeah. And this is her number, <laughs> and this is where you need to get hold of her. That's, would you like, that me, to call, would you like me to call would her? Would you like me to call her? That's the world we're moving into. Yep. Yes. Yep. Which is exciting. It is that very is exciting. exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Um, but it's also been a big change. Yeah. Big change for a lot of people. And it's one of those things that you... Well, what, my personal experience, or some of the personal experiences that I've had is technology isn't the enabler. It's been used as the tool. Mm. Um, and that's the big fall down that I see in the customer experience. Uh, and I'll give you an example of this, right? And maybe some of your listeners will be doing this in their businesses. So my big, big big bugbear and my team will tell you this is how many people have you spoken to so picked up the phone and had a conversation so on a monday morning it'll be like have you rung up the owners have you oh no we send them a text message it automatically does it from this particular software that we're using and it automatically sends a text message to let them know we had 10 people through yes but did you ring them no so that's an example where the technology has become the tool yeah. and property managers or leasing agents or bdms are not picking up the phone Coming from a customer service background uh, and training, that was one of the key, from a totally different industry, that was always a key challenge. People are afraid of picking up the phone. 
people are afraid because somebody might ask them a question. Mm. And I think that's that's one of the yeah. yeah. All right, I let's let's change I shift. This, I think this is you. Yeah, well, right, this, well, this one's definitely <laughs> this is definitely your question. All right, so I guess so. Now you've done so many things in your life, <laughs> um, and I guess you know one of the things I've read about you, obviously in the past, and knowing you, is that you had three goals. One was to own an investment property. One was to write a book. Another one was to become the Telstra Woman of the Year. So check, check, check. What's next? Where are you oh, heading? I've, yeah, well, I've, <laughs> I've had a, I've had a few more since then. And look, my, I think my passion and, and people always say to me. Rightly or wrongly, I'm very driven, and I am. And I think for me, my drive comes from inherently wanting to make a real difference in this space. And one of the reasons why I bought the business that I now have, Harcourt's Move, was because I genuinely, genuinely wanted to create a business where people wanted to work in, where we were doing all the things that I believe we should be doing. Yes. So, you know, putting my money where my mouth is kind of stuff. But I, for me... Um, the next thing would be to be involved where we genuinely make a change in this industry, driven at the front end, not just by myself, but there's a number of other people in, in this in real estate and particularly in property management who are doing all the things that you know we're doing, but to really drive those changes and see that paradigm shift yes. in, in, um, in agents, in property managers, in franchise groups, you know, the franchise group that pays full 100% attention to property managers and makes it part of their number one or two or equal to sales will win this battle because it is always seen as the poor cousin. Want of a better word, we've always called it, it that, been, right? Yes. And I think if, if for me, and it's my mission in life right now, <laughs> is to move the paradigm around this, is to get people to understand that it is your most profitable part of the business and it may not be profitable when you are running it on a day-to-day basis, but by God, when you come to sell it, that's what you've got. And, and I, I always say to people, if you buy an investment property, are you going to put the worst tenants in there, ignore it, not do any maintenance on that property, don't cut the lawns, don't do anything, don't even get it managed and then expect to get the same return 10 years later that you would have got done had you actually paid attention and looked after it, right? No difference. So if you want your property management business to grow, to make a difference, to pay you the dividends, whether you're a business owner or a franchise group, pay attention to it. Fantastic. I guess this leads us into probably our last question. Um, what is it? What's what's happening in your business at the moment? Can you give us a bit of a shameless, Senna, plug. shameless plug? Yeah, shameless. shameless Tell plug. us about what. Well, I'm, I'm really lucky that I work in, in one, of, one of the groups that, that does put a focus on property management. Yes. So in my role that I have now, which is, you know, CEO looking after a number of countries, you know, clearly we do have a, a focus on this area. Um, so what's next for me? Is that what you're kind yeah. of asking? Yeah. yeah. I think what, what next... Was, and what's, what's next for your business? What would you like... Everyone to to, to no, for my for my business would be um, I'd love to Harcourt's move if I take that part of my business I'd love to see us you know grow to a point where um, you know we've got a thousand properties under management we've got a you know the systems are all where they need to be we're winning awards all that sort of stuff I think as a business owner that's kind of for my people that's what I'd love to see them up on stage winning awards because yes. that's um, a tick in the box to say what you're doing and the journey you've been through and all the pain points we've had to go through is actually right. You know, it, it's kind of like I'm up on stage and I've got a piece of paper or an award that says 
this has been worth it. Um, in my other corporate role um, is, is really working with my counterparts to drive the, the property management message, to do things differently, to understand what is happening in this industry around the adjacent income streams, uh, the legislation changes, the, you know, the um, uh, things like the valuation changes, the pressure we've got happening on commission right now, all the technology changes, the outsourcing piece. And to look at that and go, how do we plug all of these things into the business so that when somebody wants to change their brand over, we are the best yep. at this. We, we're so far ahead of the game that it, it, it doesn't matter. And that's yep. probably my biggest next thing. Great. Fantastic. Yep. Right, we might have a, take a short, short break. break yep. Short break. And um, we'll get into our um, hot seat questions. Great. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks guys, we're back and we're going to do the 60 second hot seat, well, six hot seat questions with Sadna. Um, I'm sure let's we'll get into it. In 60 seconds. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All yeah. right, do you want to start off? Yeah, what's the right. strangest thing you've ever eaten? Eel. Eel. What was that like? Eel's beautiful. Yeah. I love eel. Yeah, really? In London and it was horrible <laughs> at a market. It wasn't cooked well. Mm. Um, okay, describe yourself in three words. Oh, um, <laughs> crazy, um, lots of chutzpah. And um, a big heart. Okay. Favorite drink? Whiskey. Weapon of choice? A knife. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ara, please stop having that out. <laughs> Weapon of choice to do what? <laughs> what have you done? Let's leave it open to interpretation. My, my, my kids would say a rolling pin or a wooden spoon <laughs> would be my weapon of choice. Um, but, yeah. so, Let's go with knife. <laughs> How do you spend the first three hours of your day? Oh, um, I am usually up at 5.30 and between 5.30 and 8.30, um, I catch up on everything. So emails and, you know, things that are outstanding because once my day starts at 8.30, I am straight into yep. it. Um, I have recently started meditating. Yeah. And that, that's that been interesting. Enjoy I can't that. do anything more than five minutes, yep. but I do. So um, that's all designed to, you know, calm you down for the start of the day. So that, that's my start of the day. Great. Cool. So what's your biggest fear? Sharks. Sharks. Oh, my too. Totally. But after I saw that stupid Jaws. movie, Jaws. Stupid bloody Jaws. Oh, my and God. I, and I was living in Fiji at the time and I could not get back in the water again. And even to this day, I know that it is ridiculous. Jaws is not going to come and eat me, but... I can't go into the It was water. that floating head. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sharks, biggest fear. Would you prefer to be able to fly or be invisible? Invisible. Okay. I can create so much havoc if I was invisible. <laughs> um, university, university or school of hard knocks? School of hard knocks. Oh. One more each? One more each? Hey, yeah, one more each. All right. Friday or Monday? Friday. Why? Drinks. <laughs> That's a total property management. <laughs> Friday night drinks. Friday night drinks. And last question. Um, what would you say to an 18-year-old today? One bit of advice to an 18-year-old. Become financially smart and savvy because you are responsible for your own financial gain or downfall. Nobody else is going to do it for you. you know. Um, and I think these days we have a huge opportunity to make sure that the younger generation is far more educated around the finances of their life than we have ever been. And um, an 18 year old has a massive opportunity to learn around what they can do and really financially set themselves up for the long term 
much earlier on than our generation has. Wonderful. Sadness Smiles, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on the hot seat. Uh, and um, look forward to continuing work with you. So thank ah, you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was fun. <laughs> Always is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode where Damien and Eva interviewed Sardner Smiles. And before you go, I'd ask if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find when you search for The Hot Seat wherever you listen to your podcasts, especially on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I also wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing. There's a lot of background work that goes into creating a podcast, and this could not happen without outsourcing it to our overseas team. I basically, I record the content here and I send it offshore where they handle the video editing, the audio editing, the website, the podcast distribution, the marketing, and so much more. So thank you, especially to Ira and the rest of our team. Okay, great. Thanks again for all your support and listening to the second episode of season two of The Hot Seat, and we will catch you again in the next fortnight. Okay, bye.